Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soccer. I'm Michelle Tink, your host, and my co-host, Christian Conway. Good afternoon, all you fine ladies and gentlemen. And non-binary. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we are here with an NWSL episode covering the Challenge Cup, these next round of games that we had. Yeah, it's it's been a... it's. I gotta say, just from a from a purely kind of global view of this tournament, I mean, it's the quality of play has been absolutely fantastic. And 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 if you're listening to this and you haven't had a chance uh, or haven't found an illegal stream yet to watch any of these games, um, <laughs> I I would watch it because I I've I was definitely going to this tournament a little bit trepidatious about what the pace of play was going to look like, what play was going to look like, and it's been incredibly well competitive. It's been incredibly well. It, it, the players are up for this, and it it is. It's been a fantastic tournament so far, and I'm 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 dreading that we're getting closer and closer to the end every day. I mean, it it maybe it's not a fair comparison, but these games are more exciting than MLS. Yeah, like, MLS <laughs> MLS's tournament started so like slow. I mean that that Inter Miami Orlando game, the first half of that was absolute crap. Um, I was thinking about Montreal Impact in New England, like for all of its salt was was boring to me. That was a Bruce Arena special. Um, <laughs> but, like, these games, uh, I think what you're seeing is that, that you know, even even if the quote-unquote bad teams, I mean, we were talking about in our preview for this tournament, we were talking about, you know, I don't know about the Dash, I don't know about Utah. We're, we're, there, was, there was a lot of questions around those teams. And yet you watch these games and both, you know, the Dash have been kind of the fun package surprise in this tournament. And Utah, who had gone through so much turmoil and had lost a lot, looks pretty good on paper. So like, mm-hmm. I think it's a great advertisement for the league right now that there really aren't any teams that are clearly bad. Like every team on its day has looked good at least once in this tournament. And I think that's, that's we're, that's an exciting thing for a tournament. Yeah. I was looking at the standings and I was actually like surprised like when sky blue jumped up a second place and you know, the rain beat Utah and, and it's just full of surprises. Like I really don't, like you said, think that, other than the courage, obviously being undefeated, that anybody's out. When, when it comes to the courage, I, I'm looking at my notes and I just wrote Paul Riley's Death Star rolls on. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it is, and and you know, with all these teams qualifying for the knockout rounds, it does. It, watching these teams play and looking how good they look, you know, when we get to the knockout rounds, every game is going to be much watched television just because. They're all so every team has a compelling story on it and every team is compelling to watch in in its own ecosystem, you know? Absolutely. Um, what I was gonna say too was like how tough these ladies are. Uh I watched them get scrapes and they're slipping on the turf. It's uh uh-huh. Turf is turf is miserable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something else to watch and like you, like what we were saying before, uh, you know, I hit record on this was, you know, LA Galaxy is our team, so we we get down into the nitty gritty, the X's and O's, as as you called it. And you know, when it comes to this tournament, it's it's nice to watch without a horse in the race, and and to be able to tie in what I always bring it back to is who's going to be on our national team. Yeah, and and I think we're starting, and and as I said in our individual preview, I I, I think. This tournament has been great because we're seeing players that, you know, might have been on the fringes of the national team or just should have been there. But for some reason, one or another, either player personnel decisions or injury or, you know, whatever have you, the, the mm-hmm. 
the, the variables that go into a national team selection have just been on the outside looking in. And I think a lot of them have seen this tournament as an opportunity to stake their claim and to say, look, we, I belong here. And of course, Vlatko Anonofsky is in the bubble watching every game. And, you know, Vlatko's got that little notebook. And I think it's, I think he's going to have to get another two or three because there's so many notes he's got to take about a lot of these young, young players and players on the fringes. Like, I mean, for example, the one that, that sticks out to me most in my mind is, is Amy Rodriguez with Utah. Like mm-hmm. she was in a very difficult position at club, at club and country level. She's been on the national team before, but kind of uh, her star faded as other stars got brighter. And look, I mean, Utah, Desiree Scott went home due to personal issues, Kristen press and chose not to play in this tournament. I mean, Utah, there was a lot of questions, and I think one of our biggest questions was, you know, is Amy is this is this Amy Rodriguez's moment? And she's taken it with incredible verve and tenacity. She's scoring absolutely beautiful goals. I mean, she's she's playing she she's playing this kind of defensive number nine role in a way that's very tenacious and 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 fantastic. I, I mean, she's one of those players that when you when you watch this tournament, you know that she feels she's playing for something more than just a win on the on the scoreboard for Utah. Like she's playing, she you can tell she believes that she can make a statement that she belongs back on the U.S. Women's National Team. And I and I mean, from what I've seen so far in the three four games that she's played, I I, I can't argue otherwise. Yeah, I mean, Utah had been knocking, and this was their first win of the tournament. Um, I was replaying that goal because that Vero to Rodriguez connection <laughs> was what something else? to rewatch. I was going to say, outside of, like, and I understand, you know, Rose Lavelle has probably been the best midfielder in this tournament, but Vera Boquete has made a quiet case for, for Golden Ball winner as well. I mean, she's looked, she's she's run the midfield in every game she's played. She looks fantastic. Um, you know, I, I think with this Utah team, they played some pretty tough opposition before they got to the Sky Blue game on July 4th. Like Absolutely. And so I think we, you know, this this first win against Sky Blue is almost kind of like, well, well, finally it happened, you know, like they've mm-hmm. been, they've been good and they've been credible in pretty much every game they've played. You know, they, they're an interesting team and, and, and they do have a lot of turmoil. I mean, you know, first year head coach, Kelly O'Hara, probably their best player out injured. I mean, it, it, there's questions around that team. And, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of the fear was before we went into this tournament was them being the you know, the hosts, quote unquote, even though we are in, in this, you know, bubble. obviously in this bubble, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you're you right. They are they are considered like the home team because it's playing in Utah. Yeah. You don't want to see a home team or, you know, a host team fall on their face. Like every World Cup, that's a great World Cup, is when the host nation actually does well. Like, you know, when host nations don't do well in World Cups, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, it was a good tournament. But like, you know, I wish I could have seen more from insert nation here. Th- this is kind of the same case in these kind of these bubble tournaments where it's like, you didn't want to see Utah fall on their face and they've looked absolutely fantastic. Um, the game against sky blue. I mean, they lost to the rain um, in this week, but well, that's what I was going to say was like, that was such an upset though. And my predictions for all the soccer games were kind of wrong this week. <laughs> um, and you called it the curse of Conway. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about that rain game is that, you know, I, I, I think finally the rain the, the desperation of the situation got to the rain, where, which was, mm-hmm. we need to put a result on the board. We need to have something that we can point to in the locker room that says, we finally got something together. And, you know, but even in that game, Utah looked the part. Like, Utah did look like they were, they had opportunities. They looked good. You know, this Utah team is, is 
I wouldn't want to play them in a knockout game because Utah, for me, is one of those teams that over 90 minutes, they can get really lucky and they have the ability to punish you if you don't have a good day. Yeah, I definitely think that they have something to prove when on, on their next match against the, the Red Stars because the Red Stars gave um, North Carolina a run for their money. Yeah, but it, but in that Red Star Chicago or in that in that uh, Chicago uh, Carolina game, excuse me, was that just not Paul Riley's Death Star? Just <laughs> <laughs> the beatings well, will continue until morale improves. Like it's yeah, you know, for Chicago, for me, what's again? I, I think we're moving on from Utah into, into Chicago. Mm-hmm. Their head coach came out and said, "Look, we split the group into two right when training opened. You know, we had a group of thirteen and a group of 13. And we trained, you know, they trained separately, they trained whatever. And then the first game we played the first group and the second game we played the second group. And then three and four were going to be, how do we mesh the best parts of both groups into a starting 11? I don't know necessarily if that was the smartest idea. I get why you do it just to give players reps, to give players time and also to focus individually. It's, it's much easier to train a group of 13 players rather than a group of 26 players, right? Like, I mean, individual mm-hmm. time. But I think what it's created is it, Chicago's look disjointed in a lot of their games. Like, it, it, the connections aren't really there. And, I mean, mm-hmm. you've got Julie Ertz who commands a game every single time she's on the field. You've got... And she made a phenomenal ta- tackle. You know, that oh, yeah. was a big save. <laughs> it's a phenomenal tackle for everyone else except for Julie Ertz, and that's just another Monday in the office for her. Right, um, right. But, but, you know, Daniel Kolaprico has, has been fantastic. But, again, it's it's it's... It just looks disjointed and a little bit like, like, it looks jerky. Like it looks very going through the motions and forced. And I think, you know, for a team that really had a lot of upside coming into this tournament, I think this is really a bit of a surprising kind of trend that, you know, they're at the bottom of of the table. There, there is serious concern right now that you know, unless they get a result, you know, no one wants to be that team that plays Carolina in the first game of the knockout round. No one wants mm-hmm. to be that team. No. There is a very That's serious true. concern for Chicago right now that I think they will be that first team to play them. And it's, it's, oh, yeah. they have to do something. Yeah. I mean, to their credit, Nair made four saves that game. And then Watt made that really great run. I really thought she had that. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, they, they, they took the game to Carolina and that is admirable in and of itself. And had it been a regular season, non you know tournament setting, I think we'd be sitting here saying, Oh, you know, they had a good game, but like, you know, Carolina is Carolina. They're going to do what they do, but mm-hmm. th- th- there just isn't the time now to to say that, right? Like, right? They have one right. more game to really set themselves up for success in the knockout round. Yeah. Well, the other one that I was surprised, honestly, and this was on the goalkeeper, was that Houston Dash loss because of how they beat the rain and how they've been doing in the tournament. I thought that they were one of the stronger teams. Um, surprisingly, you know, that was one of the teams we didn't have much hope for. And then you realize like, oh, this dash team isn't the same team. Yeah. And, and I think with that sky blue loss, that's just a young team being young, right? Like they they play fun soccer. They're fun to watch, but they're still a, a relatively young team. They're going to make young mistakes. And, mm. you know, you, again, the goalkeepers union at, in this NWSL tournament has not had a good one. I think on the second mm-hmm. goal, I mean. It's a fantastic finish from Kawasumi, but, you know, there's, you know, they, that you open at, net, you're off your line. Like that yeah. is, you're right. That is soccer 101. But you look at, you look at the game they played against the rain and yeah, the rain didn't register a shot on goal in that game. And yeah, the rain did not look good. In yeah, that, that game, was but, a one-sided match. Yeah. 
but the Dash looked fantastic in that game. Like they they did look like there was a lot of promise in that. I mean, the Christy Mewis goal is an absolutely phenomenal passing play, even before the vacuum to set her up. But I mean, mm-hmm. just it's this fluid movement through midfield. And then, you know, Groom's the com- header. Oh, my uh, God. That's definitely she, one of the goals of the tournament. Like, top she got up there. Um, <laughs> but then you see this game and this most recent game and, and you kind of sit there and you're like, well, where did this all go? Um, but I think, you know, the, the Dash are a really interesting kind of question. Because, like, a lot of us all went into this tournament thinking, well, the Dash are, are going to beat the Dash. Like, good luck. Mm-hmm. And yet they're playing like fun attacking soccer that I think really is something to be, you know, if if you are a Dash fan, um, I think the next three to four years of the franchise are going to be absolutely fantastic. I think this is a team that's built very well and just needs time to become mature, which that's a good place to be. Yeah, for having for having a roster overhaul though, I really give them a lot of credit. Daly's another one that's really fun to watch, and 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 since you know. Mewis did make that goal that that does beg the question a bit about who is going to be on that U.S. women's national team roster because Lindsay Huron, as well as she looks on the thorns, might be, find herself on the bench because she can't compete with Lavelle and Mewis. Well, I'm OK. I'm OK with I'm OK with Huron in terms of her being on the bench because I think she brings an option that not a lot of teams have an answer for when you've played 70 minutes, which is that she's physical, she's smart, she can pass, but you know, she can, she's a good passer of the ball. She can finish well. Like she's a, she's a bit of a bruiser of a player. And like, you've been battling for 70 minutes and all of a sudden, okay, here comes Lindsay Horan to just slaughter in the nine or something like that. And that's tough to defend. So I think, you know, Horan is, is, will be a national team fixture. I think she's the super sub kind of fixture, which is you know, not a bad place to be. Like, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's not it's not like, you know, she isn't one for glory. Like, I mean, like, you're still contributing to the team. But I think her her role is, I, I see it more as off the bench kind of spark rather than consistent starter for like versus, you know, like a lot of that midfield right now. But, you know. Yeah, I, I just I, I see her more as off the bench kind of optioning rather than necessarily a, a, a put her in ink starter uh, for the women's national team. Mm-hmm. So speaking but, of, oh, go oh, ahead. Continue. I apologize. No, go ahead. <laughs> I think we we're headed the same direction, but um, all right. Well, no, I was going to talk about how Haran's playing on the on the thorns. And... Yeah, I was I was about to say that thorns awesome. spirit game, which was yeah, go for it. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I know we're so excited about this game. We're both like, ah, I gotta talk about it because it was so much fun <laughs> yeah. to watch. It really was. Yeah, it was electric. I mean, both it's teams fun were fun to rewatch. I mean, both teams were fantastic in individual moments. I mean, the spirit did squad rotate pretty hard for this. I think, which makes it even more awesome that it was so exciting. Was because what he did... means by that is that Lavelle didn't start, and I know you're part of the Lavelle fan club. Look. The national team said they're limiting minutes. Like, they have to limit minutes. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. <laughs> had, Rose, had Rose Lavelle started this game, Washington probably wins this. That's um, what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. And that's what I had texted you. I was like, Lavelle's not starting. And you're like, it's okay. I'm okay with it. <laughs> but, I mean, the the player in the spirit that I, I do want to highlight, who's kind of really impressed me so far this tournament, is Ashley Sanchez. I mean, 
talk about taking your opportunity when it's given to you. I mean, she's been electric this tournament. Um, she assisted the goal that uh, Samantha Stab put away. She's looked on the ball very confident, very calm. And and I mean that you know Ashley Sanchez with Rose Lavelle together. That's that's a very dangerous pairing in midfield. Um, but I mean, of course, this is another game where Bixby and goal for the Thorns kind of saves the day. Um, yep, and she's phenomenal. I, I I'm I. I there's going to be a real goalkeeper battle in Portland once everyone gets healthy. Um, and I love Adriana French. I think she's fantastic. Um, but it's going to be hard to ignore what Bixby has done this tournament. It's going to be very difficult to do that. Um, I really I, thought that, that the spirit had it. I mean, set pieces were key in scoring for this match. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, set pieces, I, I mean, Lindsay Horan's goal comes off a really well set, uh, set piece. Um, you know, these are two good teams. And, you know, I think this was the first performance I watched from the Thorns where I sat there and said, yeah, they turned in a full 90 in that game. Like, they mm-hmm. they looked good over a full 90 minutes. And, you know, the Thorns were a team that we, we highlighted that said, you know, if they get going, they could be dangerous. And starting to look like the machine's starting up a little bit. But, you know, again, they played a team, a, a Washington Spirit team that, for my money, has been kind of, one of the good, one of the great stories of this tournament, which was that, you know, the, they've been kind of the quiet, excellent presence in this tournament. They, 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 they're not flashy, but what they do, they do it so well that, you know, it's, it's hard to compete with them. And, um, you know, I think the spirit, the spirit look like the, you know, the second best team in this tournament, as far as I'm concerned, uh, behind the courage. So I think, you know, no one even though the table, see- that's the thing, the table doesn't, doesn't reflect that, you know, that's the funny thing about, about soccer, you know, sky blue jumps in the second place and you're just like, wait, <laughs> how are the spirit like in fifth? Well, I think it's also the, I think that's a reflective of the tight margins that exist in this tournament and, and exist in the end of in general that, you know, between eight teams, there's so much talent distributed that like every minute matters on in a game. So that looking forward to that rain and thorns game. Now it's arguable, but Portland has lost its offense. In the off season, yeah, you know the thing about the the, the rain is I don't know what rain we're going to see, right? Like, no, because I because we were saying they're not good, and then they they beat Utah. <laughs> yeah, you know they they they've they've struggled. I think there's no question. Um, I think it's understandable why they've struggled, considering looking at their off season, looking at what happened last season, um, just barely making the playoffs, kind of limping their way in. Um, but you know this, you know. This could be this could be a turning point for either team, and I think, and I hope that it's played in that kind of atmosphere. And I know it's hard to generate without fans, and you have to be responsible yourself for kind of generating that and that that importance. But I think this game, you know, outside of it being the Cascadia Cup rivalry, and outside of it, you know, being that rivalry, this is a big game for both teams in terms of positioning for the quarterfinal. You know kind of getting momentum going into the knockout rounds. Like this is a big game and, you know, well, for every team, they're all big games from here on out. But right. <laughs> this, especially for, especially for the rain, I think in terms of who is it more important for, I think it's more important for the rain right now, but the thorns need to win. And, you know, that's, this will be played at, at a pretty quick tempo, I think. Should I refrain refrain from saying which team I'm supporting in case I'm wrong no, again? Please. 
<laughs> Please go for it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I do want to see the Thorns take it. You know, they, they've always been a, a favorite in this National League and, and especially representing the women. You know, we love their kits. <laughs> and uh, I, I really, I really want to see them because I think that they, that they deserved to win that, that game. Um, you know, you, against, yeah, yeah. I mean, against, uh, Washington, like, so, uh, the, the spirit, cause now it's like rain is also Washington, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, they looked again, they, they, they turned in a full 90 minute performance. I think they just ran into a spirit team. That's, that's really starting to feel its energy it, itself and its energy. And, and, you know, it, it, it yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the Thorns looked good in that Spirit game. I think they're going to have to really take it to the rain coming up on Monday in order to mm-hmm. to really kind of get some momentum going into the knockout rounds. And that's what's funny about games like these because, you know, when you see the Courage in Sky Blue, you're like, okay, yeah, Courage is going to win that. But Washington Spirit and Houston Dash, like both of these teams have been neck and neck. And, it, I mean, it could go either way. It could be super exciting, really fun game, or it could be boring as hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so really, it is going to be interesting to see what what we're going to see. I mean, I'm not going to dare to call these teams um, equal. You know, I personally think that Houston Dash is is technically the stronger team just from what I've seen based on the goals and, um, like you said, like th- they're a young team, um, and you know, after the whole roster overhaul and everything. But I've I've been impressed with them this tournament, and I'm not put it, counting this spirit out. I definitely am not. I can hear Abigail um, from Switch the Pitch, one of my soccer sisters, just going, "Don't count us out yet." Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> no, I, I think the I think the spirit are kind of the quiet dark horses in this tournament. I, I, again, I reiterate, having watched the Courage play, I do feel like this is a competition for second place right now. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, the Washington Spirit have have really taken the opportunity here, which and and that's you know a team that was going to be successful in this tournament had to take the opportunity that was available to them. And, and the spirit have definitely done it. Um, but I think, you know, it, again, I mean, anything can happen in, 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 a, in a 90 minutes and maybe the spirit play the courage and, and somehow kind of, you know, get them on the day. But I think the spirit, I, I think the spirit have looked fantastic uh, in this tournament so far. And that thorn spirit game for being only one, one, could have been more had the keepers not been a little bit sharp. Um, mm-hmm. it, uh, that was probably to me, probably outside of the three three draw, uh, probably the game of the tournament. But yeah, um, yeah, I that mean, three three draw though. <laughs> also, just a kind of a, a personal favorite of mine, uh, Megan Klinenberg. Um, it's good to see her back and healthy for the uh, the Thorns at outside back. Um, uh, she had a pretty serious knee injury, I believe, it was a torn ACL. But um, oh man, so it's but she was uh, again another one of those players where they're playing their way into national team conversation again. Cause she was a starting outside back for the U S women's national team for a long time, then got injured and then kind of it all fell off. You know, is she another one that, you know, is, is she another one that black Owen and Ofsky in his little black book is writing about, you know? So I think, um, that's good to see. I mean, uh, yeah, I, this, this thorns spirit game was so good and so in, engaging and, Mm-hmm. You look at both rosters and just there's so many individual performances in this game where you're like, wow, that was amazing. Especially, you know, at the goalkeeper level and, and so on that, like, this game is not hard to talk about. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And definitely, you know, not to underestimate uh, Lindsay Haram, but it, it was pretty 
pretty fun to to almost seem like she heard Jamie in our little group chat just say, you know what, she's done with the national team, and then and then right after that, like scores you know, a worldie. scores, yeah, and and it was just I was like, oh hey, she heard you, you know, um, yeah. but yeah. I mean, the story, the story of this game for me, at least from a singular single player perspective, is definitely Ashley Chances for the for the spirit. I think she's been, I think in this game and, and throughout the tournament, she's been absolutely electric for uh, for the spirit. So, yeah. So you guys need to subscribe to CBS All Access because oh, it's six dollars a month. And they've got all the Star Trek series on. Like, come on, y'all. That's what I was gonna say. Uh, you can totally watch the new Twilight Zone. Season two is out. Like, there's lots of reasons to keep CBS. Also, CBS just got Champions League rights, so you're that gonna was need the, it anyway. Yes, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Champions. I'm not gonna try it like it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about Sky Blue FC, if, mm-hmm. if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we, we touched of on course. them. We touched on them earlier in the context of that Utah game on July 4th, but is now they snuck into second place. I was like, is Sky Blue for real? Like, is this what we're thinking? Like, I mean, they were fantastic against the Dash. I mean, the midfield was was clicking. Um, This is an interesting team for me. Like, I I don't... They might steal the show. Yeah, I don't know what to make of Sky Blue. I really do not. Um, They they did look a little bit listless in their game against Utah. I think that's just Mm -hmm. a little bit of fatigue getting their way. You know that which and, well, yeah. that's what that's what the Royals capitalized on for sure. Yeah. Like they'll punish you for that. Yeah, definitely. But like, is this team for real? And and again, you know, the the player that really stands out for me on this Sky Blue team is Onomunu. Or oh yeah, Onomunu. Excuse me. Onomunu. Yeah, Onomunu. I she. I did say I'm it earlier. I apologize for butchering names, but try my last name, guys, five times yeah. fast. <laughs> she, I think when they moved her out of that solo number nine role, she's looked absolutely fantastic. I mean, the 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 pass she played in for Paige Monahan's goal against the Dash was, I mean, brilliant. That that takes vision. That takes a, a soccer IQ that not a lot of players have. So, you know, maybe her role is withdrawn. Like, I hate the term, but it's like the false nine thing that, like, oh yeah, or like you they're know, a striker, but they're not. That, like, yeah, some people consider that like traditional. You know, yeah. like quote unquote old school way of playing, but I still think that those positions are very relevant now. Yeah, and and, and I, I I I tend to agree with the modern understanding that the whole entire idea of the six or the eight or the nine or the ten or whatever mm-hmm. or the seven, <laughs> yeah, is a little stilted in today's game where everyone is is expected to play defense, everyone is expected to play offense. Like, if you want to talk about like a modern number nine, then look no further than Amy Rodriguez on Utah, where she plays mm-hmm. really aggressively defensive. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the I was also of thinking of Ursig, who's number oh, six, yeah. and she crazy defense on the attack, too. Yeah, it, it, teams nowadays defend from the front rather than allow... Teams, teams nowadays defend from the front rather than relying on just the back four to do the work. Um, and then also it, teams attack from the back now, too. But anyway, that's... We could mm-hmm. have this conversation for an hour and a half. Yeah, um, we can. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think this. I, I like this. I like this Sky Blue team. I really do. Um, I think they're fun to watch. I think they're smart. I think they they do a lot of things really well. Um, I, and I got to say, you know, it, it's a it's a credit because you know Sky Blue for the longest time was kind of the laughing stock of the league. I mean, they were mm-hmm. approaching Chivas USA levels of just unsalvageable 
you know, front office culture and on field culture. And then, you know, new GM comes in really kind of kickstarts the, the franchise again. They move to the Red Bull arena, you know, they get a new head coach. They finally kind of become what they were always meant to be, which is totally Disney movie shit, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so, but, but I like, I like watching this. This team is fun. Gosh, I would love a Disney movie just like that, you know, kind of like a bend it like Beckham. Remember those movies? A Disney, a Disney, like a Disney fied soccer movie would be so good. We didn't, we haven't had that. Why Disney? <laughs> You know, right? It's the world's game. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, they're, they're a smart team. And I think, you know, this is one of those, <laughs> this is one of those teams in kind of the floater range where it's, you know, in the knockout rounds, I don't want my number next to them. Like, I, I don't want my name next to them in a match on, mm -hmm. a, you know, in a, in a 90 minute performance. Again, you know, they're still trying to figure it out. There's still definitely a lot of turmoil in that team, but I mean, they looked great against the Dash, I thought. And, you know, mm -hmm. they've got, you know, they're talented at every position, you know, maybe not as deep as... as they got the you know, energy. Yeah, and maybe, the tempo. Not as, maybe not as deep as some of the other teams in this tournament, but definitely... You know, but, like, nobody has that depth except the courage, to be honest. I mean, I know we were talking about rotations, you know, a bit ago and, like, managing minutes, but it's for real. And then we come back to Paul Riley's Death Star move. <laughs> <roll on. laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the big question about this team is, you know, is Midge, is Midge Purse, you know, is she an outside backer? Is she an attacker? I mean, the, the sense of, Midge Purse is probably the most exciting prospect in the young talent pool for the US Women's national team. The understanding that I have is that secret blue or secret blue, sky blue, excuse me. Um, sky blue is playing her at an out, at an outside back role at the behest of Vlako Andonovsky. Um, she played as an attacker for the previous, uh, for the previous year. Um, you know, I, I don't know if that's necessarily her best position, but, you know, if Latko sees something, you know, she could turn into the next kind of Crystal Dunn, which is, you know, mm. a winger converted to an outside back. Um, but yeah, I think the, the big question around this team is, can they get the most out of Mitch Purse at an outside back? Or can they have the realization that, look, all right, Vlatko, you know, we've given you three looks at it. Are we good? Like, can we finally do what we were meant to do? with her and her talent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what a shift, um, you know, the players put in and, and, you know, if they take this game on Monday, they can finish second in NWSL. Again, it's a competition to see who finishes second to the current. Absolutely. I realize that their game is like the same time that the LA galaxy one is though. So I'm going to have to record. Yeah. And well, you find the replay. You might not need to record it because they play Carolina and you just know Carolina's going to come out. They're all guns blazing. That's um, fair. That's fair. <laughs> so it's, either, it's either Carolina's squad rotates and we don't really get anything out of that game or Carolina just comes out and just does what Carolina does. That, that's that's true. Well, I mean, it's all LA Galaxy all day, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, the the game's on Sunday. The, the big game for me is the game on Sunday between Chicago and Utah because I think Utah can really kind of confirm what we've all thought about them, which is that they're an exciting, young, talented team. But Chicago, that that is a huge game for them. Like they need something going into this knockout mm -hmm. round, some some level of momentum, some level of energy, because they don't want to be on the bottom of the floor when they have to go out and play the courage in a knockout round game. That just no team wants to do it. Some team is going to have to do it. But if you're if you're Chicago with the talent that you have, with you know the, the achievements that you've made, 
that's just, that would be a brutal first knock first knockout round for for a Chicago team that's very good. So I think you know that game at seven o'clock on Sunday between the Utah and Chicago is going to be that's my that's my game of the weekend to watch. Nice Sunday, 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 and then of course you know Washington Spirit and Houston Dash start your day. I think that's going to be that's going to be a fun game just because I think both teams kind of love to throw caution to the wind and just yeah. kind of play. And I think, I mean, Houston has decided they're going to go to the old, you know, the, Houston has decided kind of like we will outscore you and we will have no problems doing that. Um, and then Washington with, with that excellent midfield with, between Ashley Sanchez, Rose Lavelle, et cetera. Uh, that's going to be, that'll be a, that'll be a pretty open game. I think. Ah, uh, yes. Your girl, Rose Lavelle. I mean, she is the best player in the U.S. women's national team right now. Yeah. Yeah. Argue me otherwise. <laughs> no, I no, I agree. I can't play devil's advocate for that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh huh. I think yeah. I think the Chicago. If you're going to watch one game of NWSL this weekend, um, Sunday night at seven, that's going to be that's a that's a high stakes game. Nice. You heard it here first. Watch it be a nil nil draw. <laughs> You know what? We'll see because, because uh, like we said, <laughs> my predictions are wrong, and you call it the curse of Conway. But, um, but nah, it's it's all fun and games. And anything can happen in the tournament. There's a like reason. I, there's a reason I don't make score predictions on the show. There is a reason. Right? We don't do that here. That's not our. That's not our. I'm always wrong in my predictions because I do play um, Eliazar House's um, prediction game. You know, in the regular season it's called balls and beers. This time they're calling it uh, the Coronita, and. A part of that is like you know, it's so stupid. I, I know, I know, so and I was like, really, that's what you're calling it? Because like based on like the Corona Rita, I love it. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, you know, it's like, yeah, just let's drink and watch soccer. Um, yeah, I, um, but yeah, no, I'm always I'm I'm negative points right now <laughs> in that prediction game. Yeah, I I make predictions and then something, and then I literally will watch the game back and be like, I said that was going to be important, and it's not. I am a idiot that gives our podcast replay value though because you can listen to what you can listen you can listen and then literally say at your radio or headphones or laptop or whatever wow christian was dumb here's what he got wrong yeah and soccer betting is legal still so i'm not condoning it but i'm just saying if you guys are doing that maybe (laughs) go again you know i always joke that I had like bruja skills and like forget it now it's out the window. Thanks soccer for teaching me that I don't. It's not predictable for American soccer. Yeah, um, I was gonna say the other thing is like speaking about soccer betting. Um, if you drive to Vegas and put a tenner on Washington winning this tournament, it might be a good bet. Yeah. Oh my god, I I see Vegas is kind of like a COVID cesspool right now. But anyway. But yeah, not more is- than Florida. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> But again, you know, kind of going back to our conversation at the very beginning when we were talking about this, this tournament has been so awesome from like so many perspectives. I mean, you know, just from a lot of the stories that come out of, you know, kind of the bubble, for example, um, a lot of the, basically they gave a survey to the players and said, you know, what are your biggest, like, what are your biggest creature comforts, so to speak? You know, like, what do you do at home, like every day to make you feel comfortable? And all of them responded like these, like, it's like, oh, I make like. I make my own coffee, like in some fancy coffee machine. I don't drink coffee. I don't know what, like, how that works. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm not so a they, coffee drinker either. Isn't that funny? They literally drove in a fancy coffee, like, food truck for them. In Utah? For 
Yeah, so there's like a, a a coffee truck in like a famous one in Utah. They had like literally what? rented it out for the tournament, so the players okay, can get cool. their fancy coffee. But it, it it's like it's kind of cool to see like following all of them on social media, just see kind of the camaraderie that's being built in the bubble and stuff like that. And you know, I think <laughs> I think what's really cool about this is that you know, at the end of the day, clearly all they wanted to do was play, and it's clear that a lot of these players are playing with just joy that they can play and that's i think that's kind of one of the biggest things that's made this tournament so great is that they are just care to the wind just let's go yeah, out they're and, having and, a go and yeah having a go like it's that's the best part of this tournament for me and it's it's been excuse me it's been an absolutely fantastic did you see bixby's tweet about how since she's been gone her husband was supposed to be taking care of her succulents and he wow. watered them every day that's that's incredibly relatable from my perspective because i have no green thumb (laughs) and her basil died look i don't have a green thumb either like i killed a cactus (laughs) you know and succulents are cacti but i'm saying like it's it's a succulent though you know like needs to not be watered like (laughs) yeah i think i think on that front i think what what's also great about this tournament what makes this tournament so compelling is that ndbsl players are not afraid to kind of pull the curtain back and like kind of let you into their personal lives like they're very they're not afraid of showing kind of their personality quirks and like their kind of sense of humor and stuff like that versus, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe other sports where like that, that barrier is very closely guarded. And I I think that's also really added some life to this tournament as well. Yeah. It's always a joy to, to interview these ladies and to see them and hear them and what they have to say. Um, I'm just, I can't emphasize enough how proud I am of them for being able to maintain that bubble, even with the coffee coming in. I mean, they're in Harriman, Utah. There's really not much to do in Harriman, Utah. I'm not going to lie. Huh? I know, huh? Well, <laughs> well, thanks so much again for listening to us. So stay tuned. We'll be bringing you more NWSL and MLS, specifically LA Galaxy coverage. Of course. Like and subscribe, please. Mm-hmm.